This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Episode 127, I am Josh. With me, we all look worse for wear, beaten down, tired, maybe hungover except for Chris. Um, with me in all of those adjectives is Chris. <laughs> I was Mark. thinking I always say holla. <laughs> And Mark. Hey. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess we can explain it. Um, you guys had Midwest Tech Talk Monday, Tuesday, right? We, we did. did. And we got you to... Right there. Mark, we got to hang out a little bit on Sunday because your flight was so delayed coming in. Uh, oh, I had a great time hanging out in the Charlotte airport for Saturday. And then Chris, you and I, and John had dinner with our spouses Saturday Without night. Mark, Mark Without Mark, because Mark and his wife, they were supposed to do dinner with us, but they bailed. I really think the the private airplane that Mark flies on, it was they were just delayed. Like they just had other things going in the town that they live and couldn't get on the plane until later in the evening. Yeah, they were out of uh, corn nuts. And so I said, I'm not flying without my corn nuts. <laughs> oh, I imagine you are high, very high uh, maintenance when it comes to flying, I imagine. Very, very. So anyways, um, so my <laughs> first time spending some good quality time in Missouri. Got to hang out with you guys and your families and enjoyed Midwest Tech Talk. And Wasn't it went- wild for you to be here? It was wild. So what was what was one of the things about being in Missouri and being with Missouri Techs that struck you the most, Mark? Uh, I mean, those two are very different things. Being being in Missouri, um, very different from Boston. I got to say that you guys have a lot of roadkill, um, but you don't have a lot of traffic. Which those two things just don't make sense to me. Um, but being at Midwest Tech Talk was a blast uh, because I was surrounded by just a whole mess of amazing uh, people who were really good at their craft and really, really dedicated uh, to their work. And I, I, I just had a blast meeting so many different people and having different conversations with different people. And I'm in awe of what you guys do. And Chris, I'm in awe of the conference that you, you guys put on. <laughs> you said it's not a conference. You said it was a party. Uh, yeah. It's more <laughs> of a party that's masked as a conference. Yes. Yeah. A party where a conference broke out. It is good. No, and you know what though, you you do a really good job of celebrating all the hard work that the techs do, right? And and I've been to a lot of conferences, and I think I was joking with you guys that I'm excited when I go to a conference and they have free coffee. Um, meanwhile, Midwest Tech Talk, every <laughs> meal was was catered and snacks and drinks and coffee. I mean, you you do a really good job of celebrating the hard work of techs because they deserve it. And and I met so many people that really, really deserve that kind of pomp and circumstance. Right. Right. And so Josh, Josh was texting me off to the side, like whatever we, 
we think we are close enough to you, Mark, that you won't blow smoke at us. Like, if you didn't like the conference, we think you would put us in our places. Oh, so yeah, thank no, you for I, saying nice things. <laughs> I had a blast. I really did. I really, really had a blast. Yeah, day day two, we, for years now, have done a hog roast. And Mark, had you not, that's pretty normal to us here. Was that, <laughs> you're not used to seeing a pig with sunglasses on when you get your uh, lunch at a tech conference? There, there were two things about that. The first is that it was a pig roast and I was able to eat pig <laughs> straight from a pig. <laughs> but the second is that was some of the best barbecue I've ever had. And it was in a high school cafeteria. right yeah yeah the school uh of the osage those lunch ladies are fantastic yeah um and they they throw down the food and the drink and we i we we've talked about this like it's fun too because midwest tech talk we we didn't start it as like a let's make a bunch of money off of a conference thing because there's not really tons of money into conferences, especially when you do like the throw it back or whatever, but the food and the drink has always been fun. And, and f- for a couple years or several years, we would work with this local grocery store to, yeah. to do all the catering. And then the school, the food services director ended up wanting to, to do it. And we've had a lot of fun. And Eric, the intern has had a lot of fun with her. Cause she'll be like, well, what kind of cheesecake do you guys want? And we say, all the kinds (laughs) so like she gets to do the stuff you know that the school doesn't always get to do well right yeah because we're just having we we want to have fun like whatever and i heard a story that she they just got new ovens in the high school cafeteria and she wasn't satisfied with how they were working so she took all the barbecue pork home oh geez (laughs) and cooked it at home and then brought it in and that's a conference of 300 plus people <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> and you got to see the uh, Midwest Tech Talk uh, battle axe. Yeah, you got to see that. That's a real, real thing. We smashed. What did, was it? A projector? Yeah, it was, it was a, a projector. projector. Yeah, yeah. So we gave an excellence award uh, to Camdenton in Missouri, uh, a standout tech department. And then, and then, so they got this trophy, uh, this crown. The Excellence Award is a literal crown that you can wear on your head. Um, and then they got to pick a device uh, to put before the tree stump uh, <laughs> so that we would hit it with the Midwest Tech Talk Battle Axe. Um, yeah. To what purpose? I'm, I, that stands for something bigger than us. It's a stress release. It's a it's a, right. uh, it's a an effigy of some sort. Yeah, yeah. No, Mark, it was, we got it was... we got big compliments. This is us, you know, giving kudos to each other, whatever. I guess besides Josh, who doesn't even come to the thing, but uh, yeah. we got we well, Josh was kind of there. We'll talk about that in a second. Big compliments though on your keynote, um, and you really. Uh, if you're on K12 Tech Pro, we got to post the slides. If you attended, we, we sent you the slides. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what you talked about? And then I have some follow-up, though. Sure. Um, I So I talked first about how, uh, how important it is for K12 uh, to have technology at the table. Uh, and by that, I mean the decision-making table and making sure that we are involved in district and school decisions, especially when they impact uh, our work. 
and kind of some some strategies for getting to the table or raising awareness and uh, and increasing your ability uh, to support districts or your districts and your schools. And I use the the context of ESSER funding as the as a background for that. So that was a that was really really fun. I will say though that I, you know I got to to sit with a couple of techs uh, at different points in the conference and to hear all that they that they have to do. I mean, I'm in a big district and people often look at like, oh, wow, you have all these people and stuff. But I'm in awe of what uh, folks in small districts have to do. And I met some really amazing people that I, I feel like I'm preaching the choir. Like, I feel like I could learn a whole lot more from them than you guys could from me. So it was it was it was my honor to be there. You know, that's an interesting point, Mark, I think your district is probably larger than any other district in Missouri. Thinking about that now, you know, student population wise. Um, so that that's definitely an interesting take on that. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually about double um, the size of the largest district in Missouri. So, hmm. um, but, but all the problems are the same. It, they're yeah. all the same. That was, that right. was a big, big message that we talked about. Yeah. One of my guys uh, went to the conference and came home and one of the first conversations he and I had um, after the obvious one that Chris will get to in a minute, um, one of the first conversations he had is he came into my office and he's like, hey, have you heard of this ESSER thing? Because Mark was talking about this. Do we have a bunch of funding we can use to buy stuff? I'm like, no, no, we don't. <laughs> Funny you say that, Josh. So I gave three district examples um, and two of them, they're all different sizes. And one of them was like 1,800 kids and the other one was 3,200 kids. You can tell, and, and of the examples, the 3,200 student district yeah. had the least amount of ESSER funds. Uh, well, you can tell him that, that that example was actually your district. Oh, really? <laughs> so of the two districts or the three districts, you guys had the least amount of funds. And that was, I used your district for that one. We are really good at spending money. <laughs> um, efficiently, too, by the way. So so one of the, you, you, you talked about it during the keynote, but kind of, and an extension of that conversation afterwards was, and, and, and we talked about it some before, but it's everyone to the table. So the printer tech, the esports coach, yeah. uh, not just the tech director, like we're not, we're not just talking about tech directors getting to the admin table. We're talking about everybody. And yeah. one of the easy things that's one of the ideas to on how you can do that um, is like a one page sheet of, this is what I, this is what the need is, or this is what the one is, and this is how much it is. And I had some conversations about, you know, we will grumble about how outdated our smart boards are, or we'll talk about how old we have uh, our printers. Um, and I might say those things as one off things, or like we'll grumble in the department about, yeah, they're never going to give us enough money uh, for this or for this or for this, or our e our esports computers they're not on a rotation uh, but I've never done the math or been presented with the math on well how many old smart boards are there and this is how much they would be to replace uh, mm. or how old are our esports machines and this is you know the preferred rotation plan or whatever so no matter what position you're in if you would make a one pager that isn't just you grumbling about the problem within the department uh, but yeah. it's presented uh, that's how when there is money, uh, they're going to remember that one page sheet and to put it into plain English that that finance person can look at kind of thing. 
Yeah, and that plain English is the biggest problem, right? We're really good at writing. Well, we're not really good at writing technical documentation, but when we do write technical documentation, it's in our language, and translating that to to the other folks in the organization is always the hardest part. And then, Josh, you were like you hung out over the weekend before the conference. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you did stop by the conference as we were preparing it, and yes, and we had like a little moment where we got everybody the planning committee and you and Mark, um, we all hung out in a circle. I passed out some boxes and we wanted you to open your box first. Yes. Um, well, what, what was in the box? Well, this doesn't work well. Mark and I are both holding up our, um, it was a bobblehead of me, which apparently you took multiple photos off of my Facebook page <laughs> to send to the bobblehead company um, to get my correct sideburns and everything. Um, they they hand sculpted it. Your did head. they really? Yeah, I got, we got the. I'll have to, I haven't sent you the pictures. We have no. several pictures of the process. Oh, that's funny. Um, that'd probably be Twitter worthy. So yeah, it's a bobblehead of me. Um, my family thought it was hilarious. Of course, my son, the first comment was your head's too small. Um, (laughs) apparently you gave out, so everybody on the committee got one, including Mark and you guys set out 15. Is that right? Yeah, I think we bought 20 something. So we gave 15 to random sponsors. And then as an attendee, uh, this helped sponsor attendee engagement. Um, if you would walk up to a sponsor and if you would say, do you have any souvenirs from Alaska? If they had it, if they had your bobblehead, they, they would give it. So <laughs> who, who can you share what sponsors are they? Are they the sponsors we need to talk about today? Can you share what sponsors you gave them to? Do you remember? I, John did that. Oh, did he? Okay. Uh, but we can mention provision data solutions. I know that they had a couple of those guys. Uh, I know I talked to Jeremy at something cool. I don't know if he got, I know he was wanting to keep one personally. <laughs> so I don't know if he had it and gave it um, because he was hitting me up after to see if we had any extras. Well, the best part is that Chris, you didn't give the sponsors a heads up that you were doing this. So you told the audience and then we break <laughs> and they all flood the sponsors asking, do you have any souvenirs from Alaska? <laughs> And everybody was probably very confused. Yeah, there was this lady, because um, she was like, what is this souvenir from, people keep asking me about souvenirs from Alaska. And I was like, oh, you didn't come to the opening session. We were trying to explain that. Um, so really good That's times. Funny. So what was the feed, was there, uh, did people understand the, the bobblehead, like the idea behind yeah, it? Yeah, well, and, you know, we, I mean, this podcast and Midwest Tech Talk um, and K-12 Tech Pro, I mean, Midwest Tech Talk's been around since 2017 now. So yeah. we we have identified, um, and in particular because of the podcast, we kind of become like these characters, right? Right, right. Um, so it's really funny to me because, Josh, you've, you've missed a couple conferences. Yeah. But not like a ton. Right, uh, and that's because life happens. We've all that that's going to happen to all of us or whatever, but we make it a big old spectacle uh, when when you miss. Yes. So I enjoy. Email address. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy uh, the new guys, the new and and the 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 new gals, the new technicians as they come in, 
that they don't necessarily know the story from 2017 or 2018. Yeah. Um, and we just keep telling these things of legend. Um, <laughs> because how weird is it? <laughs> we're talking about Josh who isn't there and we're showing a bobble. We showed that picture of you on the cruise. You're laid out. Yeah. <laughs> It's super weird. If you call time out and just just think about it as like you're looking in it in a fish tank, it is super weird what we got going on. <laughs> but it's yes. great. And, and that's and that, what's cool about the yeah. whole thing too. But And that's the funny part is you you were actively I mean that the photo from the cruise that ended up in your keynote or in the presentation <laughs> to kick things off wasn't four days old, five days old. Like it was a, a fresh fresh photo which i guess thank you for stalking my facebook page um, well speaking of, of that fish hole side of things i the first day when you know before the conference started i'm walking around town with my wife and we see people wearing k-12 tech oh, Talk really shirts on <laughs> and i'm like nudging my wife i was like sarah that's the podcast shirt and she's like, oh, that's cool. I was like, no, what's really weird is they don't know it's me. <laughs> yes. I, I love all that. Stuff. I just, I love it. I love yeah. it. And we had, there was like two dudes for sure that were wearing like the Midwest Tech Talk shirt from 2017. And there's no way that thing fits me anymore. I've gotten too fat. Like, I love that, like this community, again, we're all techs hanging out uh, that we're, we're rocking these shirts and trying to get the Josh bobblehead and the whole bit. It's just really fun. So speaking of community, one of the things that that has driven that conference and has helped that conference stay alive and keep going have been the sponsors. And we have a couple sponsors today, Chris, you said that we need to talk about because they they did sign on to sponsor the conference and they get a couple shout outs from the from the podcast. So you want to talk about those real quick? For sure. We do have HPE Aruba. Uh, that's Jeff over there. Uh jeff.cobb at hpe.com is who you can reach out to uh, in Missouri, in the Midwest. Uh, they are a Gold Plus sponsor of Midwest Tech Talk. Uh, they've been supportive of the podcast, of the conference uh, for many, many, many years. I guess from the beginning, probably. Uh, they did some great sessions as well. Uh, so if you're looking for, I'm a, I'm a Aruba Wireless uh, fan uh, if you're looking for that kind of stuff for your school district, needing some things refreshed, you can reach out uh, to Jeff. And NTP, we'll mention them really quick too. They were also there. David uh, Ren with NTP. I'll put his email address in the podcast description. Uh, he can help you out with your next-gen antivirus. He can help you out being your sock. Uh, and David's just a great, genuine, good dude uh, that you can tell he's not blowing smoke at you to you know get your business. He's, he's going to look after your cybersecurity for your school district. You know, one of the things that's interesting about David and NTP is, um, you know, they are located in St. Louis and they do SOC services for pretty big companies and, and financial companies. I mean, like large companies, they really probably don't need another vertical in K-12 or they don't need to make that extra buck off K-12. And I can probably tell you they're not making that extra buck off K-12. So the fact that he's, willing to venture into this public ed or K-12 market with their services, I think speaks a lot as to who David is and what their company is willing to do and just what they're offering for K-12 um, because the the margin isn't there. Like he knows he has to compete with other vendors and the the service that he's offering is a 24-hour service. So um, yeah, we, we appreciate David for uh, entering this market. And, and he is actually one of the vendors, one of the uh, couple vendors that text me 
after Mark's keynote saying how impressed they were with Mark's keynote and just in general, at the end of the conference saying how impressed and how, how much fun they had at the conference. So, uh, thanks David for, for that feedback. So Mark, it was fun. what, what surprised you the most besides the roadkill yep. and the lack of honking? Um, what lived up to your expe- expectation and what exceeded your expectation from the conference, the lake, all of it? Um, well, Lake of the Ozarks is is incredible. I, I didn't know what I was getting into until you took us out on the boat and I just saw house after house after house, mansion after mansion, I should say. So uh, definitely the Lake of the Ozarks at 100% exceeded my expectations um, lived up to my expectations. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, knowing the two of you guys, I, I kind of get an idea for what people in Missouri are like and, and, uh, and, and <laughs> getting, to know, right. getting to know everybody else was really fun. And I, I really had a great time meeting John, which Chris, you've referenced John as the maintenance director in your district. He is mm-hmm. way more than that. He, he like runs this conference. He's, you know, using the battle ax to smash different things. He's done I mean, my maintenance director does not run crimping contests, cable crimping contests like like John yours. John ran the field day events. Yeah, so <laughs> he was great, and um, and I'm not just saying that because he asked me to talk about him on the podcast. Because <laughs> Mark is winking at me right now, John. If you're listening to this. <laughs> Speaking of the cable crimping competition, um, I did get a text from my technician that was there. He's like, I just smoked somebody in the cable crimping competition. (laughs) We had tech department versus tech department tug of war. And like two of the largest schools in Missouri faced off to try to settle it. (laughs) Great. Yeah, we had cable termination, um, Chromebooks recurring repair challenge beanbag to keyboard toss mouse throw yep it was a good time it was a good time okay so let's um <clears throat> let's move and on we to, had professional development by the way oh i guess too if you're listening to this um i know listener bill is in the market for a josh bobblehead mm. so if you if you were one of the people that came across a josh bobblehead and you were in the market to sell I know Bill has made monetary offers for the Josh bobblehead. He said he wants to take him on trips and create a whole photo exploration of places to take little <laughs> me, I guess. Um, so uh, get in if, if you're listening and you have one, get in K12 Tech Pro and uh, let's we'll hook you up with Bill if you want to sell it. Bill will buy it. Um, I guess we probably need to talk about some news topics stuff going on. I know I'm, I'm super busy. Um, we're wrapping up my fiber project. The, all the fiber got ran this week while we were, uh, while I was in town, the single mode fiber between my buildings, which is super cool. They're going to start fusion splicing and terminating things on Monday. We've replaced a intercom system at our high school with a Carehawk intercom. They're not a sponsor. Um, so things we've got major projects happening and I don't, did I talk about our Chromebook order on the last episode. I don't think I did. So that's been delayed um, two months now, and they're supposed to ship at the mm. end of next week. We will see if they arrive ship on time. 
Uh, I voiced my extreme displeasure with that slippage and shipping because that's going to give us literally no time to get them into the building and get them ready to be handed out to uh, one-to-one students to go home at the start of the year. I'm waiting on teacher laptops, and they were supposed to come like Monday, then Wednesday, then it was supposed to be today. Now it's next week, but they're still in China. Oh. And I just have some concerns about even Wednesday. Yeah, I I would too. It's Friday. Well, guys, our Chromebook refresh started on time and on schedule this week, uh, so I'm in great shape. Mm-hmm. Should we extra devices? We can. We might be able to swing you guys a few. Yeah, thanks, Mark. You're welcome. All right, since you're uh, all done with your summer projects, do you want to talk about some other news? Uh, yeah. So one of the news, the news is, uh, stories that we talked about, uh, briefly before the show was, uh, so we had some news from the FCC last week. We have some new news from the FCC, which is that they are proposing a cybersecurity label and certification program for IOT devices or internet of things devices. So, uh, again, as you know, news is a little bit, uh, slim on this one, but it sounds like they're really trying to start a program uh, where vendors or, or companies can put a seal of, of security uh, that is certified by the FCC on their product. Um, and so that, that seal will mean that it meets certain things. It, 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 it's a little less prone to cyber attack through, um, you know, the default password is a little bit more secure than just having every device have the same default password. Um, or it's able to detect uh, any sort of malicious activity uh, trying to hit it. So, you know, details are, are just coming out, but it's interesting to hear about uh, these kinds of things and, and how this might impact uh, K-12, because we're all ta- also talking about how to incorporate IoT into the classroom. So, you know, that's that's interesting, and I think that's definitely needed because it, it will show companies that meet a like a minimum standard for security. And like you said, Mark, default passwords or being susceptible to becoming a a bot farm or zombie attack or something like that. But it still doesn't mean by that those devices are 100% secure and um, would be um, harder to hack. Well, I guess they could be harder to hack, but unhackable. Um, So I think that gets back to the discussion of what IoT devices or what type of IoT scenario would you be comfortable with allowing in the classroom? I know a couple of years ago, Chris, you and I were at, at uh, Mornet's conference and there was a teacher giving a session on using Amazon Echoes in a classroom. And, you know, first first blush when you have a, a, cla- a presentation being given like that, it's like, well, that, that's a neat idea. But then when you start to kind of unwrap all the layers of what's really happening there and the fact that the device is a, is a consumer residential device and the privacy policies that go with it and the always on technology, it becomes a red flag, huge red flag. Um, so put your, put your prognosticating future telling glasses on 10 years down the road, five years down the road, what type of IOT scenario or IOT, IOT device could you see in the classroom? I'm just impressed by your vocabulary in describing this exercise. Mm-hmm. What, what, what kind of classes what, are we putting on here? Pro, uh, prognosticating and future seeing. Got it. Okay. 
Uh, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this answer for quite some time, pondering right, Chris, over it. Chris, you should start this then, since you've been thinking so hard. Um, I don't want to change anything. You don't want to change anything? No, no IoT in your school? I know I'm behind. Here's here's one quick thing. I, I wish that I had, and some schools already have this, right? But projectors um, networked yeah. uh, so that we're managing those better. I think my school district in particular could do a better job of that. We don't network those things where we can manage those. Um, even as interactive boards, your whatever, smart board, your Epson interactive, whatever, uh, talk of replacing those and those becoming more where a substitute teacher can walk in and access the internet from the board right. itself. Yeah. I think that will be an easy one that starts to change a little bit. It makes sense. Um, I'm still against like the Alexa that, cause when we unpacked a little bit of that, it was like all the teachers really using it for is a countdown, like right. or a five play minute music. timer. I think we can come yeah. up with something else besides mm. an always on Alexa or whatever. Um, I just had last week, it was a teacher asking for her, like a weather station uh, to be connected. And it is great for the kids and great for the class but she was wanting to buy it personally and then have us support it. So I was navigating through that with her, with the principal. I would just, I want the school to purchase it right? so that we can support this thing. Uh, well, I want to be able to put things on the network, uh, but put them in a safe place. That's away from my, my good right. stuff, you know? Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. Cause I don't know, like the, the interactive boards, we, we have some, the smart branded boards and we have some not smart branded boards, but it seems like the majority of those are ran by a Android device on the back side of them. So I, I think that's a great example, Chris, of an, I, I would classify that as IOT somewhat unmanaged device. It's riding on your network. That's a mobile operating system that has very little security built into it. Um, I think you're going to see an explosion of those devices. A lot of schools around us already have those, um, we're kind of late to the game in them as well. We're still rocking the old smart board eighties. Um, mm. but they work, uh, they're not network connected though. And I, I love the idea of, of a, of a substitute being able to walk in and not touch the teacher computer, but mm -hmm. yet they still have internet access on that board. That's a, that is a awesome, awesome option to have available. Um, also I think though, in that IOT category, if you have um, network connected clocks in your hallways or in your classrooms, I think you could classify that as an IOT device. If your um, HVAC system is network attached, you know, you could argue that that might be an IOT uh, a little bit unless it's, you know, running a, a web server, you know, its own web server kind of thing. Um, but I think we're, we're going to see an explosion or an increase of those IOT devices in the next five to 10 years. Mark, what are you, what are you seeing? Yeah, no, just, just that. I mean, even CISA is talking a lot about OT and operational technology. So that's your HVAC, that's your, your air handling, your air quality type systems, heating, ventilation. Uh, and then you've got clocks, PA systems, uh, announcements, all of those things are going on networks already. And uh, with little to no interaction between the two, um, or with the different devices, uh, if you're lucky, they're, they're interacting with each other. If you're very lucky, these things are designed to be on the, on the network. Um, and so I think that's, that's where the next five to 10 years is going to be is you're going to have smart buildings, 
um, with a whole lot more IoT stuff in it. On top of all the little classroom things, instruction things, like you mentioned, the smart boards, the projectors, and uh, Amazon Alexas and things like that. So Shoot. The, the number of... What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the number of IP addresses per classroom. I think that's a number to watch out, watch right. after over the, uh, the next few years. The camera system we're looking at is completely web controlled. Like it's, it, it, they have onboard SD cards, but they, they write to the cloud. Yeah. Um, so, you know, another IOT, I think more and more of that's going to be cloud-based IOT managed type devices. Um, so, so what are you doing? What are you considering right now when you're, when you have somebody bringing in an IOT, like Chris, you mentioned, you've got somebody who brought in an Amazon Alexa, when you're saying yes or no, what are your considerations? Right now, our easy thing is, that did the district buy it? If yeah. the district bought it, then we're going to put it somewhere that we can support it well. But even okay. that's had some pushback. You know, we had a building buy a bunch of uh, uh, crickets without asking. Um, so we pushed back on that, like, hey, we can't support that like like you're wanting. We figured out right. a different way to go about it or whatever. So for, the, for even like the Alexa thing, nothing is – I'm not stopping – a teacher from bringing in an Alexa and trying to join it to our bring your own device network or our guest network. Uh, I'm not going out of my way to say you can't do that, but I'm not allowing it on my, on my district uh, VLAN, my district network. Okay. I think from a, the other big question you need to ask is if like an Alexa, what's the privacy policy like in, and I think, with those always on listening devices, that's, that's the bigger yeah. question that has to be answered up front. Um, because yeah. even if somebody sneaks through a PO and they buy some, that still doesn't mean that they're going to be compliant with any number mm -hmm. of privacy laws. Yeah. I think your, your audio listening is the, the most obvious, I think cameras and, and, you know, cameras that are monitoring that could be anything from the, a camera and a smart board, uh, to a, a security camera and then listening could be extended also to what's listening to things on your network uh, and, and what is watching or listening to, to, to network traffic. So, yeah. Well, real quick, let's talk about extreme networks, Chris. I know I'm, I'm drinking my uh, water this evening from an extreme networks uh, thermal cup, which is nice. nice, nice and purple. It holds ice very, very well. Tell extreme us about extreme networks, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email dmayor at extremenetworks.com. He can hook you up with figuring out what switch specs you need uh, and anything else in the extreme product line to get you going. I'm getting ready to get to play with uh, the IQ stuff here shortly. All my new switches in there. I'm hoping, oh, yeah, Cloud I'm hoping IQ. it's going to be good. That's exciting stuff. So um, I guess to go along with some of that privacy stuff, when we were talking before we started recording about a class action lawsuit that was filed, I guess, this week. Um, and it's against someone kind of surprising. This is uh, coming from k12dive.com. Uh, two California parents have filed a class action lawsuit against Securely for illegally wah, collecting. Wah, yeah, wah. which like, <laughs> oh, okay, what's... What's going on here? So the parents are claiming that securely illegally made connections to student devices and collected data and sold it to third parties. Now, <clears throat> the nature of securely, if you're not familiar, 
it's along the same lines of Go Guardian, uh, class wise. Uh, what are what are some of the other uh, big ones out there? The filter slash Hapara uh, screen it's monitor, a content filter, content filter. But they also have an option for screen monitoring. So the, the nature of the software package is to collect data, right? Like that's what it does. It, it tracks internet usage. The teachers can connect to it and see the screen. Yeah, um, it has to. That's what the product does. Now, the part that concerns me the most about this is the claim that they sold this data to third parties for advertising. Um, it doesn't, the article doesn't go on to say how the parents came ac- came to this conclusion or came to this thought. Um, I'd be curious to know what that claim is, who they claim they sold it to. Um, mm. But that this could be a big one. It, it's going to be interesting to watch this. I know, Mark, I don't know how, how it's been out on the East Coast, but I know a couple of years ago that screen monitoring thought um, started, started coming up from a privacy standpoint is do students have a little bit of uh, expected privacy? Is, is this screen monitoring thing okay to continue to do? Yeah. Um, what, what's, what was kind of the conversation that, that you saw out East? Um, you know, locally in, in our, in our state, uh, we launched, we, we use GoGuardian. Our teachers really enjoy using GoGuardian for monitoring screens, but, but prior to us adopting it, the ACLU had, had put out an article about, student privacy. And so we were very conscious of that. And so we got ahead of it. Um, we have teachers, if you want to use the software, you have to take a training and that article or the, the report that the ACLU came out with about privacy is in the training. Hmm. Um, and we're very, very upfront about, please let your kids know, your students know that you have this and you can use it. Um, because first off, that's going to stop most of the issues if kids know that mm-hmm. they can be monitored. Um, but second off, like, let's be respectful of kids. And we have had situations where it was used outside of the kid's knowledge, right, from like a different room. And we put a kibosh on that and just said, no, this is not the intent of the tool. It's a classroom management tool, not a spine um, behavior changing tool. Um, and so we were we were trying to be ahead of, of the game by doing that. But I, I definitely see the, the, the challenges around data privacy with that and student privacy rights. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to watch this and see this through to see if any of the operational standards kind of change or the, the way these companies like Hapara go guardian securely, how they operate. And, and maybe that means there's a couple extra clicks or a couple other security controls in place. I know um, when I use securely, we, we haven't used securely for a while, but when we used it, there was a setting in there that you put in times of your instructional day, and if it was outside the, that instructional time, the teacher could not establish a remote yeah. connection to it. So yeah. they do have these companies do have some some protocols or some controls built into them to prevent that abuse of, um, you know, spying. It, is the lawsuit about the screen monitoring tool or the network filter or both? It, I don't know that it really says I, I was skimming it Um due to time, but it just says illegally connecting and collecting data and then selling that data to third party for advertising. So again, Mm. these are some pretty significant claims because all of these filters will, will, would have to comply with FERPA and COPPA. And, you know, so yeah, 
if this is true, one, I'd really like to know how the parents figured this out. And two, who are they selling it to for what reason, if they were? So it'll be yeah, interesting that, to watch I think the, the selling of that data to an advertiser, if that is true, uh, is a grave mistake for any ed tech vendor to do yeah. to take data that you've collected through K-12 and, and to sell it to advertising. Um, unless that is something that the district has consented to ahead of time, which you'd have to which, be stupid to do. Yeah. And, and again, you get back to that whole, it, okay, the, the district can consent to part of that, but at a certain level that threshold breaks and you have to get parental consent for that, for that collection of data and selling of data. So, um, it'll be interesting to watch this. Um, the other thing we saw today, I guess it was announced today that Kahoot has been purchased, uh, was it by Goldman Sachs? Yeah. Uh, for like $1.2 billion or something crazy. And then Mark rocked me to say that Kahoot owns Clever. I I didn't know that either. I guess I missed that memo. Yeah. Yeah, Kahoot bought Clever a couple years ago. $1.7 billion acquisition announced today. Kahoot is uh, going fully private. Do you so, think that that one point seven billion that the a big portion of that is actually clever? I don't know. It to me that would be the valuable part because clever's got. I mean, I I spent. I've actually got a couple open tickets with clever right now. If you're listening, clever. Um, I just I, I more think of clever buying Kahoot. Yeah, <laughs> like Kahoot. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Clever's huge and has a. I mean, I would assume a ton of schools using it for an interface engine. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see now that they're private, that private entity, that equity firm is going to want to make some money. So what's the best way and easiest way to make money is to start charging for some services that you're not charging for now. Um, So, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting to see play out as well. And I guess we'll see if Clever becomes Clever with a K. Yeah, that I, that's still weird. Clever, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't um, know. We didn't think of this ahead of time. That was that's brilliant. I mean, yeah, we, we always we can always come up with Fortinet product ideas. Why can't we come up with a Kahoot Clever product idea? Here we I'm go. Sure we, I'm sure we can. Here, start start the start your <laughs> engines, uh, Chris. While we are thinking of Clever and Kahoot names to to migrate, why don't you talk about Fortinet real quick and our friend Chris Illingworth? Yes, Chris, you can email that guy at Fortinet Podcast at Fortinet.com. Uh, we got to hang out with Chris just a little bit at Midwest Tech Talk. Um, he's doing well. The Fortinet product line is doing great. Uh, services doing great. Um, so check out Fortinet. They're more than just a firewall. Yeah, they have all sorts of stuff that we won't get into because they may or may not be real. Um, one interesting thing with them is that they have that children's book about internet safety yeah. and all that kind of stuff and a stuffed, uh, animal, like a stuffed dog that goes along with that book, but very cool, like very elementary, yeah, the book broken great. down password stuff and cybersecurity stuff at the elementary level that they, that they give out. It's a great, great curriculum, great book. Yep. Chris texted me last week, almost excited, Chris, Fortinet, Chris, Almost excited because I made a, a mistake when I was speaking about Fortinet last week and Chris. Um, so this week, no no mistakes, Chris. No reason to text me pointing out my mistakes. Um, 
So I guess we can wrap up. We we kind of talked about this last week, the big announcement about the K-12 sysadmin Reddit uh, sub that K-12 Tech Pro is now an official moderator of. There's been some question on sysadmin about what this really means. So today we brought in a guest to speak about this. Chris, would you you want to talk about where you see K-12 sysadmin going? Am I the what guest? Pro- yeah, you're the guest. Sorry, that was a bad oh, hey. joke. Um, hey, what's up? This is Chris from K-12 Tech Pro. <laughs> <laughs> we posted an article on K-12 Tech Pro uh, to try to answer any questions about this. But basically, K-12 Tech Pro stays as it has been. Um, it's a vetted community. Uh, we are on the Circle platform, so that requires some costs. We are, we have a full-time person that's literally an employee that's helping out with vetting, with the conferences, with the whole bit. Um, so it helps pay for her. So you can pay for that with monthly uh, PD money with your school or personal or whatever you want to say, or it's 120 bucks a year, or you click, you want a sponsorship. Uh, so we have like 10, 12 sponsors right now for K-12 Tech Pro uh, that pick up the tab. Uh, if if you can't afford it or you, you refuse to pay for it, whatever it is, your philosophy is on this thing. Uh, feel like you can do any of those things. Like we want you to be on there. Uh, we don't want money to be any excuse for you to not be a part of this community. So that's been going on and that's message boards and that's chat. Uh, during Midwest Tech Talk, we were posting the session materials. There's videos on there. Uh, we do weekly vitals calls, basically a glorified Zoom meeting. Several of us in the room. Uh, we have quick conversation about a quick conversation about whatever the hot topic is of the week. That's that with uh, K 12 sys admin with that subreddit. Uh, that's a subreddit, right? So anybody can be on that thing. You can even look and see what's posted on there uh, without logging in. Like you can just view it. Right. Uh, so what they were doing for a while is to be able to post, uh, you had to get vetted. Uh, and that's what, the mods that we're needing some help with. So us having several of us that are kind of doing all this for fun and on the side and uh, part-time, whatever words you want to put in there, plus having a full-time position, uh, we're going to help them vet through that. Uh, And the big picture thing is that uh, hopefully in some of this, you're going to start the conversation on K-12 sysadmin, and then you're going to dig deeper with it on K-12 Tech Pro. So if you're trying to figure out some Google issue you're having uh, and and you start to mention or talk about what your Google Admin Console setup is, we will write the article or do the post bigger picture uh, under that wall, that private wall for K-12 Tech Pro. Uh, that way we don't have the vendors and the high schoolers and the middle schoolers and the outside world trolling on all of our configs and the whole bit. So if you want to be on K-12 sysadmin subreddit without joining pro? Cool. That's a great tool. If you want to be on K-12 tech pro without being involved with that uh, subreddit, cool. We think K-12 tech pro is a great tool. If you want to use both, cool. That's great. Uh, We all have many tools that we use, many resources that we use. Uh, It's just all about what we always talk about. It's all about community, professional development, uh, working through problems and solutions together. So let me let me just ask a clarifying question here about the sponsorship thing. Should someone that's wanting to join and they're torn with the idea of, of paying or asking their district to pay and taking the sponsorship, should they feel bad about taking the sponsorship? If I take a sponsorship account, 
are you going to run out of sponsorship accounts so that someone that really can't afford it or can't pay for it or district refuses to pay for it couldn't join because I took a sponsored account? You have enough to go around. How, what's, you know, help me feel good about taking a sponsored account. Yep. So we are, again, I'm kind of missing the number in my head if it's 10 or if it's 12 sponsors right now. Um, but all of those sponsors that have signed on for K-12 Tech Pro, part of the conversation we had with them as they signed on uh, is that the, they want to invest into techs. So they're picking up the tab. Uh, so we will either be adding the 13th, 14th, 15th sponsor to do that, or the the real thought is that we're going back to these 10, 12 sponsors and they're just continuing to pick up the tab. So do not pass up clicking on a sponsorship if you want it, if you need it, if there's any hesitation on if if you can. I, I, I think it's easy for a school district, like if, if you're in the the place of wanting an account, you either know that you have PD money and you get 120 bucks and like this is this is easy, justified. You know that you're going to invest into it. But if, if you're not there, get a sponsorship. You're not taking away from anyone. We've turned no one down yet. And I don't see that on the roadmap that we're going to start turning people down because that's literally not the point. The point is to get as many people on as we possibly can. Okay. I think that helps explain things in that relationship of sponsored accounts and, and non. Mark, any closing thoughts for tonight? No, no, I was, it's, it's been great to hang out with you guys virtually, but even better to hang with you guys in person. So I, this has been a great week for me. Have you recuperated from all of the cinnamon rolls and good food that you had? Nope. After we're done, I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) It was a wild, like to get to hang out with, I mean, it's been, we're only in July and it's been a pretty wild year. Yeah. Um, again, if you're calling timeout and kind of think about the podcast and, and all of this stuff that's gone down, uh, but it was surreal, whatever that thing is with me to get to hang out with the three of you to introduce the Josh bobblehead. And then for the next two days, get to see Mark hanging out with my friends from Missouri in the Midwest. Uh, it was just, it was just wild. It was just a surreal thing to take in. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, of, of course, I agree with Mark. It, it was a great week. All right. Well, in that case, we hope you share this podcast with your friends. Uh, come join us over on Pro. Uh, share us with your meeting groups. Shoot us an email. We haven't had any listener emails in a week, so k12techtalk at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer any questions or read a shout out on an ep- upcoming episode. Uh, I guess we will see you next week. We are K12 Tech Talk and so are you. I was waiting for it.